You're listening to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast. A podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out adventurous ways to make life more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm your host, Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host... James Barrett in Dallas, Texas. James, today we are talking to podcaster Zandi Schieffer about traveling to see lighthouses and about trying to find a sort of passion project behind your adventures. But before we get into that, James. Yes. Did you do anything new or adventurous this week? I did. I have started volunteering at a clinic. Give me something to do. I'm currently unemployed. For those of you that don't know, I did used to be a phlebotomist. Mm -hmm. I can draw blood. So I've just been doing that just because. That's cool. Yeah. I've been struggling lately with my sort of mental state of like trying to stay busy and things like that and trying to figure out like what my next step is. And so that's been helping a lot. That's really good. I think it's important. I think it's really important to have something going on. Volunteering is a really actually very, very good way to meet interesting people One mm-hmm. and do some good in the world too. So I, I think that it's great. Uh, volunteering can be a really good way even to go on adventures as well. Yes. I sort of am just going with what, again, I know how to do. Right. And I've just been, I've been very, very down lately, just kind of in the dumps. I don't really have anything going on right now. Yeah. You know, my, my wife and I, we're going to be moving again in July. So it's kind of like in this limbo period of Mm. obviously I need a job, but I'm not trying to like find something like career right now simply because I'm moving in six months. Once I do that, then I can sort of refocus and rethink about like where, what I'm doing, what I want to do, that kind of thing. You know, hopefully this podcast works out and we are going to be, have the best job in the world. But if it doesn't, you got to have a plan B. So I've just been in this kind of weird mental space where I feel like I'm not contributing to anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something about that. So it's just a couple days a week for a few weeks, but it's been good. It's good. Really cool. Well, what about you, Michael? Have you done anything new? You know what I did? Um, I did something that I had been wanting to do for a long time, and I finally just got around to doing it. Um, up in Isan area, there's a town called Udontani, and uh, Udontani is a pretty interesting town. It's It feels like a small town, and it is, but it's actually the seventh biggest city in, in Thailand, just because the you know outside of Bangkok and Pattaya, there just aren't really any big cities here. During the Vietnam War... There was a U.S. base there. In fact, there was even a consulate, a U.S. consulate there until the 90s. Really, really nice city. Um, so my wife and I, we flew up there uh, just for two nights. Uh, we went to the Udontani City Museum. We kind of explored, saw some of the temples there. The reason we were there was to experience this phenomenon that happens just once a year around February called the Red Lotus Sea or the Red Lotus Lake. And it's really fantastic. I'm sure if you Google Udontani, you might see that. The, see, see the pictures of yep. that. Yep. I've got, I'm going to interrupt you just for one second. Yeah. You know, I've got the Tourism Authority of Thailand. That's the picture. Mm-hmm. This is the Lotus Sea. Yep. You've got temples. You've got all the Thai stuff. And then like the fourth one down is Meat Girls and Udontani. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was there for. <laughs> I would hope not. 
No, but uh, no, the Red Lotus Sea was the reason that we were there. It was something I had known about for a really long time, and I had really wanted to see it for a long time. So let me explain. Once a year in the winter, this lake just explodes with millions of red. They're actually not lotuses. Technically, they're really lilies. Millions of these red flowers. So you can hire a boat and kind of go through them, take pictures and see the sunrise there. And it's really amazing. We had to get up quite early and it took like an hour to get there. We got to the lake and we paid 300 baht, which is about $10 for a private boat, just a tiny little wooden boat with a little motor that a guy puttered us down into the, into the water. Uh, it was quite cold actually. And as the sun comes up, the lotuses or the lilies, they open up and you get to kind of watch them open. And it was really beautiful. It was a spectacular phenomenon just incredible and i will definitely put some pictures and uh, maybe a little video on our website that would be great yeah i'm looking at pictures it's beautiful the thing is this is something like i said i had wanted to do for a really long time and i just kept putting it off every year i thought i'll do it eventually i'll do it eventually and it wasn't like expensive to do it didn't take that much effort to do it i finally mm -hmm. did, we you know we finally just did it and like, I'm so glad that we did. So I guess the lesson here is like, if there's something that any of our listeners, if there's something that's like kind of nearby, that's easy to do, that's not like that expensive or anything that you've been wanting to do and you just keep putting it off, just do it. You know, why not? Uh, just <laughs> just take the time and, and go out and do it because I think you'll be really glad if you do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You should definitely try to experience things. Don't I have a tendency to not do things because they're close by. I know that doesn't make any sense, but like you, there's always that like, oh, I can do it soon or I'll do it later, but yeah, just, yeah. just do it. That idea, like I'll do it one of these days. Every year I would see those pictures online. I would think, oh, I got to do that some year. That, that looks fun. I should do that sometime. It's not like money was holding me back. Again, it was not an expensive thing. It was $10 for the boat. Uh, and I mean, even the airplane ticket was like, you know, $50 to get up there. It wasn't expensive, really. Uh, and if we had wanted to, we could have taken the train for like $20, you know? Yeah. It's not like that. It was just one of those things that I never did. And we talked about this before, about how when you're in your own hometown, you often don't act like a tourist. I guess my advice, my message for everyone, if there's a lesson to be learned from this, is just if there's something that you've just kind of been putting off and you just haven't done that you want to do, just do it. And if you do it, write into us. Let us know. Write into us. Hello at attemptedventure.com. We'd love to read your listener mail about it. Definitely. What about you, James? Is there anything that you have been putting off that you've been wanting to do? You just never got around to doing it. Nothing off the top of my head, honestly, around here. There's really not much that, I mean, there's, if you like to shop and eat, which oh. I do, but I'm trying to lose, I'm, I'm losing weight. So it's, I can't just eat as much as I want. Yeah. Until last year, Enchanted Rock was one of those things for me. You know, growing up in Texas, I've lived in Texas, you know, until I came to Thailand for pretty much all my life. I'd never been to Enchanted Rock. And, you know, I say that and there's I'm sure there is plenty to do where I live. It's just not something I have taken the time to research and I should. Right. And I'm, that, that'll be what I'll do this week. Well, there you go. OK, very cool. I'm excited to hear about that. So, uh, yeah, I think that there's a good lesson to be learned from that because I had a great mm -hmm. time. And it was one of those things I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah, you're like kind of mad at yourself. Yeah, yeah, because it was really cool. All right, guys, we're about to go ahead and jump right into the interview. Before we do so, I'd like to ask for your help. If you do enjoy the show, please maybe share us with your friends. Maybe give us a review on your podcast app of choice. It really does help us out. Even if you have someone that likes travel and adventure, I mean, even word of mouth can be really great. So please share us and help us continue to grow to our next goals. All right, James. In this interview, as I mentioned, we are hearing from Zandi Schiefer about visiting lighthouses and about traveling 
with a purpose, with a goal, rather than just traveling, which I think is really cool. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Zandy Schieffer from the podcast Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet, here on our podcast to talk about lighthouses. Right, hey man, welcome to the show. So glad you've joined us today. I'm excited to be here. Hi everyone. Um, yeah, my name is Zandy, Zandy Schiefer. I'm a podcaster full time um, and a lover of lighthouses. So I was told I get to talk about lighthouses. So I was like, absolutely, I'm there. <laughs> That's why we're here today. Well, I guess the first question, the obvious question is why? Why lighthouses? It, it's actually a fairly recent thing. It's only been a few years um, that I've you know been that into them, but uh, it started with actually my podcast, uh, Beach Too Sandy. We did we read reviews like negative reviews of lighthouses, and I remember looking at these pages and I'm looking at these lighthouses and. I don't know what was with my mood or what was going on in my life at that point, but I look at all these pictures and I'm like, wow, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I said that at every single lighthouse. It was mostly ones in Maine, I think. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. This is something that's, uh, and, and then I started looking more into it and I thought, oh my gosh, there are lighthouses everywhere. I like Ohio. I live in Ohio, which, you know, is fairly landlocked and we have like four or five like major lighthouses. Um, up on Lake Erie, which I guess makes sense, but it's one of those things that, yeah, I've overlooked for most of my life. Yeah. And then uh, I was looking at these pictures and I thought, I want to see more. So I just made it a random goal of mine to see as many as I could. And um, I'm only, I'm up to like 40 or so now. So I feel pretty, uh, pretty good with that number, but um, it's, it's just been, yeah, it's such a, a beautiful thing, lighthouses and where they are is usually a very beautiful place. How do you keep track of all the ones that you've been to or all the ones that you want to go to? Uh, a couple ways. I have a spreadsheet. Um, Got to have a spreadsheet. <laughs> Stay organized. Sure. I, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I have the spreadsheet and then my girlfriend actually, when we we've been on multiple trips and she'll have on Google maps, we'll be able to tag different lighthouses. So we'll plan out a route specifically for seeing as many lighthouses as possible. Um, right. And then on top of that, we, uh, there's also a lighthouse passport. So similar to the national parks, they have a passport system where you yeah. get a stamp at each place. Uh, so different lighthouses have different stamps. So once, and once you get a certain number of stamps, uh, the United States lighthouse society will send you, I think a little pennant or something. I don't know. I've, oh, I haven't cool. gotten that far yet, but right. right. Oh man. Well, I love that kind of thing. I love like collecting stuff. Like I have the national mm-hmm. park passport. I live in Thailand. I have the Thai national park passport. So I'm a huge nerd for that kind of thing. It's nice to have a goal, you know, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's right. something like I love to travel just by itself. But then when you add these like little trips, like with the lighthouse or with the national park, it just adds a little something to it. You, you, ha- you feel like there's more of a sense of purpose behind your travel. Right. Well, when you kind of started going to them, what was the first lighthouse that you visited? It's funny because growing up, we'd go to coastal areas and I've actually been, there was this one in uh, St. Michael's, Maryland. My stepmom had a house near there and we'd go to this lighthouse. I didn't care about it. You know, I was, I was a kid and I was like, okay, this is some building that has a little museum inside. Um, so I'd been to lighthouses in my life, but never really cared about them. So <laughs> the first one that I really saw like with intention and where I got the passport uh, is Montauk Point in Montauk, New York. So it's at the tip of Long Island. And uh, I actually went there with my now girlfriend. She was just a friend at that point. Um, 
and we visited together and that's where I bought my passport. And yeah, that's like where it all began. And that's still one of my favorite lighthouses. So. Well, very cool. Well, what have, what have been your favorite ones that you have been to so far out of the 40 plus that you visited? Uh, so the Montauk point is, it's classic, you know, it's what it's in a beautiful spot. And then, uh, one mainly for the experience, I mean, it's, it's really nice, but Saugerties, uh, Saugerties lighthouse in Saugerties, New York, it's on the Hudson river. And that one I was able to stay in overnight. So my girlfriend and I were able to stay there. Like it's a, a bed and breakfast and cool. we met the lighthouse keeper. We, uh, he made us, he made us breakfast the next morning. And it was just so fun to get to sleep in this lighthouse. And, uh, he lives in half of it. And then the other half is for guests. And, uh, we had access to the tower the whole night. So we went up there. Uh, and it was just a, such a cool experience getting to see a lighthouse from that side. And that's, that's like a working lighthouse, right? It's not just like a museum. It's still active. Yeah, it is. It is a working lighthouse. Yeah, it's uh, uh, so it was just so cool. And and they did actually, yeah, have a, a museum too with a bunch of history. Right. And that's something that um, I can't you know overstate is how historic some of these lighthouses are. And you wouldn't think of it, you know, you see this building and you you know, you see, okay, it probably helps ships and it does, but there's yeah. so, so many f- generations of families that have stayed there and lived there and made it their home. And it's just such a, I, and there's so many lighthouses. That's what's so crazy. There are like 700 in the U S alone or something. No kidding. So, yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess that makes sense with so much coastline, but I think it's one of those things that you kind of just overlook, Yeah. you know, you, you just take them for granted. Exactly. That's what I did my whole, my, most of my life. And now I'm uh, yeah. a little, I, I'm, I'm overcompensating and getting uh, <laughs> nice and up, obsessed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's good to have that kind of uh, obsession to sort of drive you <laughs> yeah. on your, on your travels. You know, I think that's really cool. And like you mentioned, it kind of gives you a, a purpose when you're mm-hmm. going somewhere. Yeah. Well, very cool. What about some of your bucket list lighthouses? What are some lighthouses that you've never been to, but you hope to see? Uh, so... One thing I'd like to do, because, you know, even within my obsession, I was looking at all these U.S. lighthouses, and this might sound just really ignorant and stupid, but I had this moment of like, wait, there are lighthouses all over the world. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those things, like, of course, I've heard of Lighthouse of Alexandria or like these famous old lighthouses sure. that no longer exist. But then I was like, oh, wow, probably some of the more famous ones aren't even in the U.S. And so one goal is to see a lighthouse um, in every continent. That would be something I would absolutely love. So that's just kind of a general goal. Um, But specifically, there's one lighthouse. um, I believe it's the tallest lighthouse in the world. Um, It's the Tower of Hercules in, gosh, now see, this is embarrassing. It's either Portugal or Spain. uh, And it's this giant stone lighthouse. And it's very impressive looking. And I would love to just like stand there in awe. Cause I have that feeling right. of awe at most lighthouses, but this one just yeah. seems like next level. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of on that topic, I looked up a few here in Thailand because I, I had never thought about it really either. And so I'm, you know, I'm living in Thailand and I tried to look up some of the interesting ones that we have here. And there are some that are really interesting and they don't look like standard lighthouses at all. And I'll kind of share them to you here in the chat just so you can have a look uh, or at least the names of it. The first one is the, uh, Kanchanapisek Lighthouse in Phuket. Uh, I don't really even know how to describe it besides saying that it's very Thai. It's got a tower and kind of like a Uh golden sort of crown on the top. It doesn't even really look like a lighthouse, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm not really sure. That is the fanciest lighthouse I've ever seen. That is so cool. Like it, it looks... Like it looks ornamental. I mean, it doesn't look like it, it would be serving a purpose, but I do see that that light up top. I mean, that is so cool. And that one, I believe, does have a museum 
in it, uh, it looks like, anyway, yeah. from the pictures. I've, I've never been there. Another one was the uh, Bon Bong Bao Pier Lighthouse in Ko Chang Island, which is designed also very ornamentally to look like sort of a Thai-style wooden temple at the top. It's got, oh, wow. sort of got a yeah. two-tiered pagoda sort of roof at the top, also fascinating. Uh, and the third one that I could find, you know, interestingly, I couldn't find any standard-looking lighthouses. I don't know if that's just... This is what people post online because they look interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they kind of look different. Uh, but the third one that I found was, I couldn't find the name of it, but the lighthouse on Kosi Chang Island, which also has a red sort of Chinese style pagoda roof. Oh, I see. And oh, that's, my gosh. that's important wow. because uh, Kosi Chang Island was one of the first ports where Chinese merchants would come when they were traveling to Siam back in the day. And there's a big Chinese temple on that island. So it's sort of symbolic of the culture of this island and also very, very ornamental, but those are the three that I found. I'm sure there's a lot more than that. Those are incredible. And that's something I would never picture. A li- like if, if a kid drew a lighthouse like this, I'd be like, okay, it wouldn't yeah, look that, like that. Yeah. Uh, this is a silly, like a silly looking thing, but it's beautiful. And it, I, I mean, I'm sure it serves the exact same purpose is just as useful, but it's so interesting culturally how like that might be like a very normal, you know, it is a more normal style. And like, it's beautiful. And I think yeah. I'm, despite my obsession, I have never seen lighthouses like these. Well, there you go. Add them to the list. <laughs> I, absolutely. That's so cool. And that's, that's something where like, I, I, I forget which country there's there. I mean, there are plenty of in Mexico, there are plenty in South America as well. And I'm sure all of them have their own styles because even in the U S we have a bunch of different styles of lighthouses. Like you get the ones like Sagarty's, mm-hmm. like I mentioned is literally a house with a light on top like it's not even it's not the tower that uh, most people think of and then uh, montauk point is uh more like that and then uh there are different styles of uh the day marks which are the the marks around the lighthouse so either it could be a like a barbershop pole um type red and white or uh black and white or checker there's so many different kinds and then to think that's all only in the u.s you know that's <laughs> that's amazing yeah there's a lot of coastline yeah in the world, exactly you know? <laughs> yeah 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 for sure and then even then but one of the more interesting lighthouses i saw was the summersville lighthouse which is in summersville west virginia and it's not on any body of water there is a body of water nearby but it serves no purpose for that body of water it's uh it's it was more of like a joke kind of experiment type thing that local students i think i from a local university they had these wind turbines um, I think that had fallen down in a storm. So they used the base of the wind turbine and made a lighthouse out of it that you can now visit. And there's a museum and it has an official stamp for the passport and it's officially. So it's an official lighthouse. It's recognized yeah. by the United States Lighthouse Society, <laughs> but it's it had it never served a purpose as a lighthouse. And wow. I kind of love that. So. <laughs> I think there's there's something to be said for that. That's yeah, quite cool. So you don't even need coastline. It's it's kind of wild <laughs> that people do things right, like even that. Even if you're landlocked, you can find one somewhere. Yep, exactly. How interesting. Yeah. What are some of the things about lighthouses that surprised you or that people mm. might be interested to know or maybe things that people don't think about when they think about lighthouses? Um, well, a random fact that just popped in my head. Um, a famous family of lighthouse architects is the Stevenson family. And I looked into them and I was like, oh, wait like Robert Louis Stevenson, the author who wrote um, like Treasure Island and uh, it's his family. So there's this whole, and so I got into the Stevenson family, which I'd recommend just looking them up because it's wild. They're all, they, I think every single member of that family has a Wikipedia page. They're just that impressive. But so many of the, uh, 
uh, lighthouses that were designed in uh, the UK and were designed by the Stevenson family, um, which I thought was so cool that it was random relation to Robert Louis Stevenson. Um, And then let's see what else surprised me about lighthouses. Uh, One thing is, yeah, what's kind of considered a lighthouse. So there are a lot of like light ships and they have different, you know, so I visited ones in New York. There's a a lighthouse in the, in the city, in New York city, that is actually a light ship that's just docked there. And it's really cool to see. And then there's one, I think in Astoria, Oregon that I was able to see. And I don't know, it's just so fun to see these. I look at this, I'm like, oh, that's a lighthouse. Okay. They consider that as a quote unquote lighthouse, even though it's just this ship and its main purpose was, yeah, to uh, guide ships. It had this light on it. And that's like an official one that comes with a stamp and everything as well. It comes with a stamp. That's one of my favorite stamps is one that has a uh, nice light ship on it. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but I think honestly, just the number of lighthouses in different areas. And that's something that I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't normally think of, um, or before my obsession, but now that I am like my family, we went to a trip to, we were just driving around and we were in Delaware and I saw, I think, every Delaware lighthouse but one. I really? want to say there were like four or five. Uh, and it was all in a day's trip. Like we just drove around, saw all these lighthouses, and we got well, that's to... that's really supportive of them. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Very fortunate. Yeah, no, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank God they let me just <laughs> right. guide us through all, to all these lighthouses. Um, but yeah, I think, I think people would be surprised. And that's something like with Ohio even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never think there'd be lighthouses in Ohio, but there's some beautiful lighthouses up on Lake Erie. So I'd recommend people um, look into that. Just look in their area and see what, you know, lighthouses are, are there. Cause there's a surprising number. Uh, do you know what state has the most lighthouses or what would your guess be? My guess would probably be somewhere with a lot of coast, like California. That would just be my guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mine too, but it's actually Michigan. No way. Which does have a lot of coast, right, but it's all lake. Right. You know, it's all like so. But the, Michigan has so many lighthouses because of all the lake, um, all the the coastline on the lake. Coastline is that the same thing? I guess I so. Know. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Does yeah. that count? <laughs> See, I, I might know some things about lighthouses, but I don't know much about uh, the, the lakeshore, mar- yeah. <laughs> maritime stuff. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen a single one in Michigan yet, so I'm I, I, I plan on it though. Yeah, that and and Maine are two of my bucket list states for lighthouses. Um, yeah, and then ugh, that would be that would be the dream. But one of those things where now that I have this, I want to see as many as I can per trip. Yeah. So I I wait on having this trip until I can really plan it all out. So right. hopefully one day I'll make it to Maine and just be have the time to just drive up the whole coast. <laughs> So, right. So typically are your trips like with the purpose of seeing the lighthouses or do you just sort of like plan a trip and then check if there are lighthouses in the area afterwards? Uh, it's more the second one so far. Um, my girlfriend lives in New York, so I'm, I'm still I'm in Ohio. And so I would fly to her and we do we'd plan a trip driving distance from New York. So I got to see all the lighthouses along the Hudson River, which was great. Um, and then, of course, our trip to Montauk. But one Thanksgiving, we thought of what to do and we were like, oh, you know what? Let's go up to Vermont because we've never been to Vermont. And so we said, okay, what lighthouses are along the way? What lighthouses are in Vermont? So we saw a couple lighthouses in Burlington, which was nice. Uh, We also did a a trip to the Pacific Northwest and 
you better believe we <laughs> plotted out some time to, uh, it, it added a few hours to our drives, but we drove from uh, Seattle and then uh, along the coast, eventually to Portland after stopping for a couple days. But yeah, we, and we did day trips to different lighthouses and it was just, it's just been so fun and she's just as excited to see these as me. So that's, I'm very, very lucky to have her. For sure. I think it's really good to have a partner that will kind of indulge you and actually get into that. You know, I got I got into bird watching during COVID and I'm so lucky that my wife got into it right along with me. And so, you know, it, it's so nice when you have somebody that will support yeah. you and actually not just support you, but be interested in it. Exactly. And that's something I try to try to convey is, uh, you know, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm dragging her along because she'd be insulted by that because she actually does enjoy it. She does love coming along. And she, it's something that uh, she's the one who has found more lighthouses for us to see than, you know, than I have. She's the one who puts in a lot of the research that's really great. and does a lot of the planning to make sure we can see as many as, as, as we do. So uh, I'm very lucky uh, to have her and her by my side to, <laughs> with all this. Right. Well, what do you think it adds to a trip by having this sort of extra, I don't know, extra structure, extra story? What does it add when you're traveling to see lighthouses? Yeah, to, to me, I think a lot of it is uh, similar to how if you go to a um, any city, you want to see the historical sites. Uh, I think lighthouses are uh, somewhat underrated historical site because there is really so much history there. And uh, whether it's about the families that lived there or the uh, conservation efforts because a lot of lighthouses, you know, have, have have fell into disrepair at some point, and then local communities were able to um, build it back up, or a, a single person was able to come in and save different lighthouses. So there's a lot of story there and a lot to learn, and and honestly, it's just so beautiful. Just if you just like a good view, you know, a lot of lighthouses will let you climb to the top and just experience what what it looks like from that high up. Um, so really, it, I feel like they can offer so much to people. Yeah. Do you have any stories of some of the adventures that you've been on getting to some of these lighthouses? Yeah, I actually do. So uh, pretty early uh, in my relationship with my girlfriend, we went out onto Long Island um, to see what different lighthouses there were. And she's originally from Long Island. So uh, we got, you know, she was familiar with the places, but had no idea there were lighthouses there. Um, and so we went to a couple and it was like really fun. And then we go to one and realize that it's on private property. Uh, so there's someone who owns a house that has um, a lighthouse on their property wow. and it fully belongs to them. And it's it's recognized by the United States Lighthouse Society. But on their website, they say you can only see it from the water because obviously they don't want people to hop fences or whatever. Right, walk through their backyard. Exactly. And there was security out in front in the, at, at a gate and it was a beautiful house and a beautiful, they had like a, a whole beach house thing. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was intimidating. It was intimidating, but we found a little pull off by the water and there's a beach. Uh, no one was there and we thought, okay, let's just kind of be tourists and walk along the beach and uh, see what happens. So we uh, just started walking on the beach and, uh, Next thing we knew, we were very much in someone's backyard. It was very, is it a backyard if it's sand? I don't know, but it was pretty much their sand, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we 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 just kind of were like, you know what? At least it'll, it'll be a story if we get in trouble. So we just kind of like scurried along the sand as fast as you can scurry on sand. 
and uh, took a couple selfies and took a picture of the lighthouse for my uh, passport stamp. Uh, because for some, if you can't get a stamp there, you have to send them a photo as proof at the it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but so we took a photo and then we got the heck out and we didn't get into any trouble, but um, definitely felt not not above board there. Like we felt, we felt we were doing something wrong, but thankfully I was wearing my lighthouse sweatshirt, the one I'm wearing now. So if, if if anyone for for the lighthouses, (laughs) yeah. so if anyone would be like, look, I'm just a total nerd. Like, please, I, I mean, no harm. Look at all these lighthouses on my, on my sweatshirt. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, so yeah, no, that was fun. That was, uh, an interesting experience so far. I don't think we've had any like other crazy run-ins, but yeah, that one, that one thankfully ended not too badly. <laughs> what has been the most difficult one to get to the most remote one that you've visited? It would, it would probably be, it was like, uh, gosh, which was it? I think it was Cape Flattery in, in Washington state because it was the most Northwestern, most, the wow, Northwestern most point of the U S and that one was a hike. It, it, I'm sure there are worse hikes to lighthouses out there, but I've been dealing with some health problems and a lot of that has come um, with physical weakness, mm-hmm. but I was just like pushing it. I was I like, I got to see this lighthouse. Got to see this lighthouse. If there's anything that can make me walk more than I should, it's a lighthouse. And that hike, it was, it wasn't honestly too bad. So if anyone listening is like, oh, I've done that a bunch of times, it, it's not that bad. But for me, that was a very difficult thing, but so worth mm. it. It's so worth it. Um, and also to be able to say you've been to the uh, northwesternmost point of the US is yeah. uh, pretty exciting. Um, but a lot of the other ones are mostly took forever because of like traffic, like going to Montauk was just a long drive. But that one actually felt like a like a real I don't know. Yeah, a real excursion. So right. that was that was lots of fun. So it makes it more worth it when you have to put the effort in to to kind of get up there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and and there's a lot of relief once you get right, to the I end bet. too. So <laughs> all very positive feelings. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the other other like sort of adventures that you've been on, either for lighthouses or just other kind of adventures that you're interested in? I've been very fortunate in my life. My parents were both born in Germany, so um, my entire extended family is in Germany. Mm-hmm. And so we've traveled there so many times. So I've been really fortunate to be able to travel throughout Europe, uh, either with family or um, I've, I lived in Germany alone um, for for a time. And one of those times I traveled to uh, Lithuania, which is a country and I only picked it because I knew nothing about the country. I knew nobody who's been there. I was just completely just oblivious to the place. And I was like, okay, Let's try it. And it was it was amazing. It was I was there for about a week in Vilnius and it was just such a different experience than what I was used to because for me, I mean, I very like I've said, I've, I'm fortunate to have been able to travel so much with my family, but it was always to places like Germany or France and it felt very like, you know, similar. It's like that's where my family's from. It just felt like normal right. to me. Um and then I went to Lithuania and I was like, "Oh, you know, I can't understand a thing that's going on here. I don't, this is very different, Mm -hmm. like food, different culture. And I was like, and this is still in Europe. And I felt so out of place. And it was, it was, it was a cool experience. That was lots of fun. And um, also that was one of the few times that I felt like I could be a tourist by myself. And I, that's something that I haven't experienced too much because I usually am with family or, or traveling with friends. But in that case, I got to just do my own thing. And that was, that was cool. Calling my own shots. Right in a vacation yeah. kind of thing. Um, 
and just kind of walk around. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do, especially in a new place is walk around, sit down in a coffee shop and just Mm -hmm. watch people and just hang out. And to me, that's like an adventure is just sitting around (laughs) and watching new people. Yeah. So I love that. And I think that experience of being like somewhere where everything is different. It's it's such a big growing experience, I think, yeah. for sure. Like when you're kind of surrounded yeah. by stuff that you don't recognize, food and language, and you know, you're somewhere new, it kind of forces you to uh to be independent. Totally. I was not used to that and I'm glad I did it. Um and then other than that, with Indonesia, I was my ex uh she had a work trip to Indonesia and she said, if I can pay for my flight, everything else would wow. be covered. And I was like, That's okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, That's, this, is, this is perfect. She's like, oh, it's a, it was in January, which is their uh, like rainy season. Um, according to, P- I see, I didn't know anything. I was just like, I don't care. I'm just right. going. Uh, and we had the most perfect weather the entire time. Um, and she was off like actually working. So I didn't have too much flexibility. Unfortunately, because I was kind of like a guest of the company and I, you know, but I got to uh, meet some great people in in Jakarta and like explored there a little bit. And then I was able to take a trip to uh, Borobudur, the the, temple, and I went there by myself and got a nice tour uh, of it. And it was incredible. And that was one of the, like you just said, it's just everything is different. And it was something that I had never seen anything like it before. And it was just eye-opening in a, in a way. And it just felt just so nice to experience something so far out of my um, my normal everyday life. And so, yeah, I would recommend a trip like that to absolutely anybody. And I haven't traveled much out of the country since then. That was a few years ago. But that's, <laughs> I'll that's always remember really cool. that. You know, it's something that I'll always yeah. have, you know. I'm sure there's probably a lot of lighthouses in Indonesia. It's an island country. <laughs> that's my only my only regret. My only regret yeah. is <laughs> when I was in Indonesia. I'm like, oh man, I guess I'll have to go back. Oh darn! Um, <laughs> you're so you're so right though. I'm sure there's so many, and that's something that I feel like the moment we're done with this, I'm gonna be on Google Indonesia lighthouse just just to see what I missed right, out on. Right. <laughs> uh, well, what about in in Europe in Germany? Have you been to any lighthouses in Germany? You know what? You know what? I think I've been to one. I think I've been to one, but it was before I was into it. And I'm trying to like, I think I have a picture uh-huh. uh, somewhere. Um, but it's funny now, uh, speaking of that, my my mom and my sister, little my younger sister, they went to Germany and they went and visited a lighthouse. And of course, they bought me a pen. They took pictures. They sent me pictures. Uh, they got me um, just multiple souvenirs. And that's one of my favorite things now is whenever someone that I know is anywhere near Lighthouse, has any anything has to do with the Lighthouse, they send it to me immediately. And it just makes me so happy. Everyone knows exactly what you Yeah, get. that's true. <laughs> yeah, and I'll take anything. That's that's something where if you, know, you tell someone like, oh, I'm really into this. And then for years, that's all they yeah. get you. Yeah. <laughs> and so for some people that gets really old, it's gotten old for me in the past, but in this case, this will never get old. You know, I, I would want a whole room full of lighthouse, uh, anything. So I have <laughs> like behind me, I have my, my license plates. I bought license plates, uh, from other States that have lighthouses on them. Uh, my own license plate has a lighthouse, of course. Um, I bought like, a, a st- like you mentioned stamp collecting, yeah. they have lighthouse stamps, a USPS stamps. And, uh, I have a, a set of those. Right. 
I'll never get tired of lighthouse anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that's so fascinating because like like we've kind of hit on, it's just not the, the typical thing that people often travel to see. And, you know, that's why I really mm-hmm. wanted you to come on the show is to kind of just talk about that. Talk about trying to find ways of looking at the area around us, maybe through a different perspective, through a different lens. Totally. It's so easy to make an entire trip about lighthouses. I mean, it, it helps if you're interested, but it, there's so many that it's so easy. You can you can really just set a whole course for an entire day of like a bunch of lighthouses that you can see. And honestly, like I've done lighthouse trips now, like the one in Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. we saw multiple a day right. and we still didn't hit all of them. There's still so many more. And each one was so unique, had its own history. And most of them do an amazing job of preserving the history or at least talking about the history. So there's always something new to learn and you can, I don't know. It's just, and for me being interested in it, it's just a, a no brainer sure. now. Anywhere I go, if there's a lighthouse, I'm there. Right. I think that's awesome. And I think that yeah. people maybe could, uh, you know, search just their own local area and, and try to discover it. Cause I'm yeah. sure people have them around them. Uh, and that's one thing, like when you, when you live somewhere, it. a lot of times you don't even think about considering your local area as a place to, you know, to yeah. travel, to, to have adventure. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you live in New York, you never go to the empire state building, like statue, statue of Liberty, Liberty or yeah. something. Statue of Liberty is a lighthouse technically, by the way, <laughs> it is, it is, I knew she had it the, is counted as a lighthouse, light, but yeah, I, that's still on my list. I haven't been there yet, um, but you know, cause that seems like an exhausting, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole day's yes. worth that just one lighthouse uh, statue of Liberty, <laughs> but no, you're so right. And uh, just a random example for me in Cincinnati, there's uh, this museum called um, the American sign museum, uh, which is, within 20 minute drive of me and it has been there i think my entire life and i've never been there and i see it all the time online people talking about it uh and i watch a lot of cincinnati sports Mm -hmm. and whenever there's a national broadcast sometimes they'll actually film inside of the sign museum and talk about it and every time i'm like man i really got to get over there and i still haven't and i don't have a good excuse i just don't do it right um and yeah i think it's something so weirdly difficult sometimes to appreciate your home or where you live because you don't consider it as a destination. So why would you do any of these things uh, that people, the tourists would do? But um, I think that can be very valuable because, you know, some days I feel like I'm not getting out enough. I'm not doing enough, but just a trip to the the museum center, just a trip to that sign museum, uh, just even just random things that really weird, obscure, random <laughs> museums that, that are around. Yeah. You can probably see so much. Yeah. I mean, I never started doing that in my hometown until I lived abroad and I went back to visit. And when, you know, I kind of thought of myself mm-hmm, as yeah. a tourist at that point. And there was a lot. And I'm like, I lived here for, you know, 20 something years. And I never knew that the International Bowling Hall of Fame was in my hometown. You know, oh, never knew. So cool. What What's your hometown? Arlington, Texas, Arlington, just outside of Dallas. OK, I, I'll hit up the bowling. <laughs> the, what is it? The National Bowling Hall yeah, the of Fame? The International Inter- Bowling Hall of International. Fame. International. Yeah. So that's so cool. And I bet it was like fascinating. Such an obscure yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And but the, someone was so passionate to create this and to curate a place like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to appreciate it. And yeah, it's, yeah, there's so many wild, weird museums out there. And oh, yeah, I mean, w- weird to one person. Uh, I mean, granted, sure. I'm, I'm sure people think this whole lighthouse obsession is weird. <laughs> um, and I, I wouldn't argue it I mean, to me with with museums. The weirder, the better. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. No, you know? absolutely. <laughs> no, so true. Oh my gosh, I went to the uh, Bangkok Soil Museum like about a year ago and uh, it was 
slightly more interesting than you would think. I'm okay. not going to say it's like worth a stop as a tourist, but no, I mean, and not this, this might sound super rude, but my <laughs> expectations would be very low when it comes to the, a soil museum. Exactly. Um, which means I'd go in there and I'd probably appreciate it in some way. And I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd go to that for <laughs> sure. That sounds so fun. <laughs> But uh, no, but I think that is something important to kind of keep in mind, because a lot of times people think of travel as something that's either very expensive or takes Mm, a lot of time, mm -hmm. something that, oh, I I just don't have the time or resources to do it, but you can do it locally. Yeah. And I think that's, it just takes some, maybe some creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do with friends uh, (laughs) locally is just take them on a a random tour of houses in in my area that I like. There you go. Yeah. We'll go and um, some of my friends are are interested in photography. So we'll bring our cameras and try to take some nice photos and just look at these old houses. And then I'm surprised to learn some of them actually have historical significance and uh, some Mm. will have a plaque outside there. And I'm like, wow, I grew up (laughs) really close to this random house that had this random famous family that I've never heard of. Yeah. Cool. Let me look into it. And it's, I think, a lot of people would be very surprised, um, especially if in your like a medium sized city like Cincinnati. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're in Ohio. So, you know, we, we know, <laughs> we're we not like, I don't know. It's it's not like Paris or whatever, but there's so sure. much to do here. I mean, you spend your entire lifetime here and still not see everything. Yeah. And I think that's just something that, uh, yeah, I don't appreciate enough. For sure. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, one of my I only like a year ago discovered one of my favorite streets near me that has these beautiful homes that are like are just so unique. And I just love sometimes just going on a walk and taking in my mind an adventure a couple streets down and just looking at these houses. Yeah. And you mentioned bird watching. I think that's a great, great that must be a great way to get yourself outside. Oh, I mean, I just got into that during, during COVID, That's you know, great. I was like, I got to do something. And, yeah. uh, I watched, uh, if you ever seen the big year, no. you ever seen that movie with, uh, Steve Martin and Owen Wilson and Jack Black and they're bird watchers and they're competing to see who can see the most <laughs> birds in a year. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Very just kind of lighthearted yeah. film. I was like, Oh, that looks really fun. And so, um, my wife and I just during COVID, cause we couldn't do anything. Bangkok was extremely strictly mm-hmm. locked down, mm-hmm. really, really strict. Um, but some of the parks were still open. And it was kind of the only place that we could actually get outside. So we just started walking around the park and, you know, and it's probably very similar to lighthouses for all of my life. I never really just noticed the mm-hmm, birds around me mm-hmm. until you start looking and then you just see them everywhere yeah. and you can start to spot them. And you just, I never knew all these colorful birds were around, you know, and it seems like such a nerdy thing, but it, it's interesting. Yeah. That's so positive. That's so fun. Yeah. I have an, I have an app. Um, one of those apps where if I take pictures of plants, that tells me what yeah. it is. But recently I took a picture of a bird and it told me what it was. And I was like, whoa, like that's so cool. And I didn't know that existed because I felt I wouldn't trust my own eyes to figure out yeah. what a bird is. So that's something that actually um, the idea of bird watching, that sounds that sounds pretty good it's to fun. me. It's something my stepmom was very much into when I was growing up. And I was a brat. I was like, well, that's silly. Who? who? <laughs> What a dumb hobby. <laughs> yes, exactly. I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you said it for me. No, I no, was yeah. like, this is ridiculous. Well, it, it's just yeah, a bird. Right. Um, but now I'm like, yeah. no way. That sounds like a great way to spend your time. Oh, yeah. It's free. You know, exactly. it gets you outdoors. Yeah, so it's true. Great. That's the analogy I can draw because that's sort of my lighthouse mm-hmm. nowadays. Perfect. It is birds. Again, something that you don't notice until you start paying attention to. Just like you said with the lighthouse, you didn't realize they were all around you yeah. until you actually sort of started searching for them. Do, do you have a, a bucket list bird? Um, Probably the, the hornbill, the tight okay. hornbill. Uh-huh. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm familiar with a hornbill. I'm Googling this. 
Whoa. They live way out in the jungle. You have oh to go to the national park. Gosh, and I think you probably thing. have to like hire a park ranger to get out there. Um, it's insane. It's a really cool bird. That is under, <laughs> understandably a bucketless bird. Oh my goodness. Now it's on my bucket list. <laughs> this is yeah, so cool. I know. And then the, uh, the, the Thai national bird is actually, it's kind of, it's called the, the Siamese fireback. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's just kind of like a, it's a chicken type <laughs> type bird. It's not that interesting, uh, but I've never seen one. So <gasps> oh, I'd, I'd cool. love to just cause I've been living here. That kind of looks like, like a, a weird whale like or something red. like, yeah, yeah like a... It's, it's a fowl of some sort, but oh my gosh, pretty though. I don't know how rare they are. I've just never seen one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I love things like that. And that's something that, um, I, I feel very weirdly just good that I found something like this with like lighthouses. Yeah. I feel it's weird. It's, it's very fulfilling to have something that, uh, that people, I mean, like you reaching out to uh, want to talk about lighthouses was very validating for me because I thought, wow, like this is, this is such an exciting opportunity that I wouldn't have unless I had this obsession, you know, and something to talk about. There's, always new ways that I'm looking to, I don't know, appreciate things around me or even just whenever I travel, just ways of appreciating different cultures and um, having different experiences. And I think, yeah, lighthouses, especially with those that you mentioned earlier, um, those lighthouses being so unique and so different and not used to what I, I've ever seen before, um, that could give me uh, some insight into a different culture, a different country. Right. Uh and it's just lighthouses. You know, that's the thing. There's so many other things that each country, each culture has. And uh, to find your niche that, you know, you get to experience how other places do it, it helps you appreciate it even more. I think the real takeaway here is just keep your eyes open, right? Yeah. And try, to, try to find that, try to find that passion and just look around you yeah. and just see what you have in your own area that maybe you've overlooked. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, we've been talking about adventure and we've been talking about different ways to think about it. But what does adventure mean to you? How would you define it? I, I feel like it's changed throughout my life. You know, I feel like when I used to think of it as something always grand, it has to be something grand and uh, outdoorsy was always in my mind because, and the thing is, I'm not outdoorsy at all. You know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy who I'd, I want to find a way to a lighthouse as long as I don't have to like rough it too much. <laughs> Maybe that'll change. We'll see. But I, I think for me, it's just, kind of like what we just talked about appreciating what's around around you and uh to me if i go on a walk across the street and look at new houses i i do tell people i'm like oh going on a little adventure i i use adventure all the time now in my in my languages because i don't know anything can really be an adventure depending on how you look at it so it feels like it's more of a frame of mind than anything but i think it's it's yeah it's appreciating you know appreciating new things appreciating old things differently um i think it's just uh, a lot of it is about just finding that appreciation absolutely couldn't agree more yeah i just really suggest people look at their area because i think you'd be surprised especially if there's one in west virginia there might be one driving distance for anybody you know <laughs> i mean there's a lot of lakes and there's a exactly. lot of exactly uh... People that need navigational yeah. assistance, I guess, are all around and the world. And I do so. have something, actually. If you don't have a lighthouse in the area or don't feel like going out and finding one uh, online, uh, different lighthouses have different tours. I believe the St. Augustine Lighthouse has a tour uh, and it's fully virtual. Oh, cool. But it's it has those like 360 images. So you can go through and it tells you so much information about the lighthouse. It shows you the view. It shows you what it looks like on the inside. Uh, it talks about the uh, lighthouse keepers. So I would look into some of the bigger lighthouses, like the ones in Florida. 
uh, St. Augustine Lighthouse is a good example, I think. And I, I think Montauk Point also does that. Um, so yeah, you can just find out so much online and just take these fun little tours. I, I'd recommend those. I still do them. That's so cool. You know, even if I've been to the lighthouse, it's just nice to kind of click through and pretend you're there again. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, virtual experiences, I think that's one of the really awesome things about the internet. It's just, it gives us these opportunities, even if we can't physically go there. Absolutely. Yeah. You can still appreciate it from, from the comfort of your home, which is something that I like. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, where can people find you? Oh, sure. Um, my podcast is called Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. Uh, we read uh, terrible reviews from the internet. Uh, it's me and my sister, my co-host, and my sister. Uh, and you can find that at, at Beach Too Sandy anywhere um, and listen to it anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and then you can find me at Zandy Schieffer, X-A-N-D-Y-S-C-H-I-E-F-E-R. Um, if I'm not posting about lighthouses, I'm probably not posting anything, but <laughs> I'm hoping to get back into more lighthouse posting. That's that's my goal. So maybe this will be some nice motivation. <laughs> Well, there we go. Yeah, I mean, you could be a great resource for people as well, trying to find their lighthouses. I'd love that. The I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, if you ever make it to Thailand, you'll have to go to these. I can uh, help oh, you out. on Please. Your, uh... No, I'll, I'll be reaching out if I do. That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun. Hey, man, absolutely. I, I really had a blast. I, I'm going to try to uh, hopefully next time I'm in the U.S., get a uh, lighthouse passport yes. myself and see what I can find in Texas, because I'm sure there's a lot I, of coast in Texas as well. I love it. <laughs> So, James, have you ever been to a lighthouse? I have not. I don't even think I've seen one. <laughs> well, we live, we, we grew up quite inland, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen a lighthouse. No. I have this memory, very vague memory, of going to a lighthouse. I don't remember anything about it. I think it probably would have been in San Diego. There are lighthouses, of course, in Texas. I mean, if you go down to like Galveston, there's going to be lighthouses. Anywhere where there's coastline, there are going to be lighthouses. Maybe I've seen one, but it maybe it didn't register. I don't remember ever seeing one. Right. Well, that's like that's kind of what we talked about, how you just sort of overlook these things, you know, until you're actually searching for them. And I got to say, I really enjoyed the interview. And literally, as soon as we finished the interview, I got online and I bought a, a lighthouse passport, which I don't know when I'm going to like be around lighthouses in the U.S. Again, <laughs> I'm going back to like central Texas, but still. I've got one because I am a sucker for for collecting things, national park stamps and now lighthouse stamps. It's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, Zandy was a very good lighthouse evangelist, I guess you could say. I don't I've never I have never thought about visiting a lighthouse in my life until now. Now I am again. I don't know where I don't know when I'm going to be around a lighthouse. I don't live near any body water large enough and I'm not moving to a place with a large enough body of water. <laughs> you know, it's, it is what it is, I guess. But next time I'm around the ocean, I'm going to be hunting for those lighthouses. Yeah. That'd be cool. You know, I don't travel that way very much. Mm -hmm. I don't, I typically, and I feel like when you and I travel, it's very loose. It's very go with the flow. Very, we'll see what we see. The kind Sometimes of we don't even end up where we wanted to. Like that time we ended no. up in Pak Chong. There's nothing there. Don't go. Like or go. It's fine. It's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we had nothing. There was no reason for us to be there. None. And that gets me into trouble sometimes because I'll go somewhere without a reason, and then I'm like, now what? Yeah. And so I think there are benefits to traveling 
with the express purpose of I'm going to go see all the whatever lighthouses, all the other things. I will say traveling with intent purpose is probably more, more satisfying more often. Yeah. Because there have been trips that I have taken where I take the trip and I come back and I'm like, I mean, it was cool, but like, I didn't do anything. You know, at least having a goal, Mm -hmm. even if it's a very nebulous goal, or even if it's a small goal. First time I went to Cambodia was, you know, it wasn't with the goal of seeing Angkor Wat, although we did that. It was because a colleague really wanted to see this circus that they have, this traditional uh, Cambodian circus that they have. And that's why we went. It was called Fair. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes as well. P-H-A-R-E. It's very cool. It's, it's sort of a circus that is meant to restore the traditional performing arts that were or that were supposed to be eliminated during the Khmer Rouge era. Uh, acrobatics and, and traditional Khmer performances. Really, really cool. I'll put links there. But, you know, it's not necessarily what you would think of when you're thinking I'm going to go to Cambodia. But it was awesome, you know, and having this sort of structure, this sort of goal was really, really cool. Again, I think that there's a good lesson to be learned from that as well, whether it's lighthouses, whether it's birds, whether it's, you know, making a checklist or something like that. I think that, you know, having that can give you a sense of purpose on your travels and can make it a better story, maybe. Yeah, and you know, that's that's a good lesson for me because I definitely don't do that as much as I should. For a while, um, my wife and I were traveling all the time. We were We were going places a lot. And one of the things we always like to do is find a very, like, we, we always did this everywhere we went. You find a very local coffee shop. You find a very local kind of place. And I feel like that's a good way to get the vibe of a place, right. of a city, of a thing like that. Um, that in the botanical gardens, we would go to whatever city we were in's botanical gardens if they had one. Some are very impressive. Some not so much. But it was still something. There was still, like, a purpose. And that was beyond our taking road day trips out to just do whatever. And we sort of stopped doing that. And we kind of haven't been able to travel as much and both from COVID and money and everything else going on, just haven't been able to get out as much. And so I feel like I've fallen back into the kind of aimless travel mindset, which I'm, I don't want to do really. It's, it's fine. Sometimes like you and I work very well like that. You know, we, we can usually find something to do, but we're also okay if we get somewhere and there's nothing to do. I mean, it's not ideal, but, (laughs) but we were fine. Like, yeah. yeah. Even in your own area, there can be things to do. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like last year we did an episode about how I did the historic Arlington, you know, the Arlington historic trail. And, you know, we, we both grew up in Arlington. We lived there for like 20 years and I didn't know that was there. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. So, no, I think, I think this was good. I think this is a good thing for me to sort of start, start thinking about again and sort of planning. I, cause I, I need to go on a trip soon. It's been too long since I've been able to really do much. And so soon I need to do it or else I'm going to go crazy. So Sandy, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really great talking to you and, um, not that he really needs it because he's far more famous than we are, but I'll put links to all of his, uh, <laughs> his stuff in our show notes. <laughs> all right. James, it's time now for our favorite segment, Adventures in the News. And boy, have I got one for you. I uh, am going to tell you about Mexico's first through hiking trail, which just opened. 
It is called the Camino del Mayab, which is the Maya Way, Mexico's first long-distance trail. Uh, it was developed with Mayan locals. The trail tells the story of Mexico's indigenous people. It goes through 14 communities in a 68-mile route. It's a three-day bike ride or a five-day hike. It starts just outside of Cancun, and it sounds really fun. You know, a lot of people go there for the beach, which I think is awesome. But this could be a fun little adventure if you're up for it as well. So, you know, you know we always think about through hiking as something done in the U.S. But, hey, Mexico has its first through hike trail, too. And we did a really good episode about through hikes. And you can listen to that. Again, links in the show notes uh, last season. But, yeah, I, so I thought that was really neat. And it has a cool kind of background. It's not just look at this beautiful nature, but it's go through these communities and these historical sites and learn about the indigenous people. All right, folks. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the show, again, don't forget to subscribe. Maybe consider giving us a review on your podcast app of choice. Hopefully a good one so that uh, that Zandy doesn't have to read about it on his show. <laughs> maybe a five-star <laughs> five review if you're feeling generous. It does help us out. Again, please, uh, yeah, tell your friends. Before we finish up today, just a little reminder, you can find us on social media at Attempt Adventure everywhere. We are on all the sites at Attempt Adventure. You can also find us on AttemptAdventure.com. Send listener mail to hello at AttemptAdventure.com or just go to AttemptAdventure.com. Click on the Contact Us button and you can send it directly from the website. And until next time, keep adventuring. You are listening to season two. No, that's not true. Hang on. No. <laughs> so James, have you... <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> that, that was too much, too much tea in the mug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, here we go. So James, have Sorry. you ever... Okay. <laughs> Take a I'm moment, good. buddy. Take a moment. You're all right. I'm good.